in all the songs that we had this morning, I was thinking, where does my message fit in with that? Does it fit in with it? Jesus, this, this is what I saw, that when we're singing about Jesus' name, there's, there's this part of, of Scripture that I love where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And what does Jesus, Jesus say to, to, to Mary and Martha? As he gets there, Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am resurrection. That resurrection is Jesus. And as we've sung the songs, we're saying, Jesus is name. I am power. I am life. I'm the way maker. I want to tell you today, Jesus, to compliment the songs that Wendy's chosen, is to say, Jesus says, I am resurrection. And if you were to only really grasp the implication of that word, it would change everything. See, because Jesus and resurrection harmoniously, there's a good word, harmoniously they go together. You can't separate the two. Jesus is resurrection. And I read this this week from Smith Wigglesworth. That's got your attention. This is what he says on the whole. He says, the baptism is the resurrection. Remember that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is resurrection. If you can touch this ideal of God that it's resurrection power is in you, that you will see that nothing earthly can remain. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you will see that all disease and fear have to go. Has to go. This is further. It says, resurrection shakes away death and breathes life into you. What were we talking about last week? A loosening, a shaking. Mr. Allen came up and was looking through my notes and he added something here about loosening up the soil. He said, break up the fallow, hard and unfruitful ground. Add into my notes, thank you. There needs to be a shaking of the unfruitful ground, breaking up the fallow ground that's hard and unworkable to say, loosen up the soil. When the Holy Spirit anointing comes, when resurrection life comes, there's power. And it shakes away death and breathes life into you. It lets you know that you are quickened from the dead by the Spirit that you are made to be like Jesus. Glory to God. And he goes on to say, oh, the word resurrection. I wish I could say resurrection is the same level as the word Jesus. Because they go together. Resurrection power is simply to see that you no longer have to be dead, but you are alive by your spirit. Don't you just love that? Don't you love that? Is resurrection. Resurrection power. And I want you to turn, please, because I think it fits in with kind of where we are about being loosed. And when I saw this this morning, I was like, wow. God, that is incredible. See, Jesus didn't say, I am the resurrection after he rose from the dead. Did you hear what I said? I know you're looking for John chapter 11. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Jesus 
didn't say I am the resurrection after he rose from the dead. He said it before he rose from the dead. So what does that imply? It says that he wasn't the resurrection because he rose from the dead, but rather he rose from the dead because he is the resurrection. Can you see which way round it is? Yeah, so that gives me great hope this morning is to know that whatever I'm going through, Jesus says that I can turn that which is not into something that will be because of resurrection power. That's a few of you that got it. That means every other thing that stands against that name is temporary. The implication of Jesus being the resurrection means that everything else, all fear, all anxiety, cancer is temporary, COVID is temporary, whatever physical thing is happening in our bodies, our earthly bodies, that our natural body, that is not spiritual. We are going to be having a spiritual body at some point, the resurrection, and Jesus is the head of that. He's the very proof that resurrection works. Doesn't that make you feel good? And in this account of, 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 and you know it well, it's a really well-known part of Scripture where Jesus stayed longer than he should have done, didn't he? Classic Jesus, isn't it? Never does what you expect him to do sometimes. You've got to expect the unexpected. Remember that last week? Expect the unexpected. Well, here are a group of people that expected Jesus to be there to heal and save Lazarus, but he didn't do it the way that they thought he was going to do it. How many times has that happened in your life? When you thought it was going to pan out a certain way and Jesus just says, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Because I've got a plan and a purpose bigger than what you can see. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And in the end, he says, okay, let's go, because this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And what does it do? There's a few people here that say, Lord, if you had been here, Mary says it. A few verses later, Martha says it. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Then the whole crowd says, could this man who opened the eyes of the blind, in verse 37, couldn't Jesus who opened the eyes of the blind, couldn't he have saved this man from dying? Do you know, everybody's always got an opinion, haven't they? <laughs> Chris is like, why are you laughing? So he just, uh, he's just, or has he just got one of those masks on, getting no sleep? Chris is just sat there grinning. <laughs> I love it. But people have always got an opinion, haven't they? If Jesus had been, if Jesus really, if Jesus loved you, he would have done this. If Jesus really loved me, why am I going through this? In that way that we say it, if Jesus had loved Lazarus, how could he not kept him from dying? But Jesus kind of ignored all the shouting and the commotion and the whys and what therefores. And Jesus says in verse 25, he says to to Martha, she says actually verse 24, she says, I know that you will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Because that's always the crux, isn't it? Is Jesus can say it, but do you believe it? Because his word is truth. But the battle then always is in here. It's always then in here. Jesus, yeah, I can hear you saying on the resurrection, but Jesus said to her, do you believe it? And I love what Martha responds because she says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who came into the world. She said, yes. She believed it. And then we know the story as it carries on that Jesus went on and came to the tomb in verse 38. And it was a cave and the stone lay against it. You know, I believe it says there, Jesus groaning in himself. I believe that Jesus, this was leading up the week before Jesus was going to be crucified. Jesus was kind of seeing that this is going to be me in a few days' time. And he said, take away the stone. And it says that in verse, verse 39, it says, Martha, the sister of whom he was dead, said, Lord, by this time there is a stench. He's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from where the place the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, he said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cleared his throat. <laughs> he cleared his throat. And I saw that, I don't know if I mentioned the trailer for um, Chosen Four. Seeing you sat there, the Chosen Four, the trailer. And there's a part in it, I think I was saying to you, Auntie Ellen, wasn't I? There's a part in it where, it, it, you know what trailers are like, they sensationalize it, don't they? Oh, by the way, went to the cinema with Matthew this week, and you'd be pleased to know he was on his best behavior after last <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> I think I was talking more than he was last in, in the week when we went. Bless him, they're not here this morning. They may be online. Are they online? Don't know. <laughs> Bless you, Matthew. Anyway, I'm Anne-Marie if you're online. Um, Jesus clears his throat. And in the trailer, it's kind of building it up. And it's an incredible moment in, in, in one of the, the episodes where it stands there and Jesus shouts out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And it's incredible. And I want to tell, I think it may have been Wendy or someone else said if he didn't say Lazarus' name that many people would have come forward. <laughs> it would have been chaos. But he says, Lazarus, come forth. Can you imagine being stood there in that time? Looking, thinking, as the stone was rolled away and there was just an empty space. There And as Jesus declares that, can you imagine thinking, what's going to happen? Come on then, Jesus, if you say you are who you say you are, if you really are resurrection, let's see what you can do. And it says, he who had died came out, <laughs> but he was bound, hound and foot, wrapped in his grave clothes still. See, you can still be 
gored out of the grave, but you can still look like it. You can still smell like it. He came out. Can you imagine? He probably would have come out like a penguin. His bound hands and feet were bound, kind of waddling. Come out. He had all his bandages. I've been like a Michael Jackson thriller mu- uh, video, music video. You remember the one where he kind of, he kind of had bandages everywhere, but they had to take the um, bandages off. And what does Jesus say then? He says that his face was, was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus says this to him. And I only saw this when it said, loose him. And that, where are we being with the woman with the inf- of being loosed? They said, loose him and let him go. And I want you to hear those words this morning that Jesus is saying for you to come out, to come forth, to take you from where you are to where you're going to be. That there's, there's life, there's free to be loosed, a shaking, a shaking, a resurrection power. Resurrection power, taking you from that which is to that which will be. From the smell of death. From the smell of things not working out. From the smell of things saying, God, I'm not where I want to be. If you look at a few verses later, look at what happens. They're anointing Jesus at Bethany. And there's a great picture there of, of a few verses before where there's a smell, there's a, there's a stench of death to be in Jesus speaking and declaring resurrection life to within a few verses, it says that there was a fragrance. See, that's what I believe for your life in this season is that what, what, this, what the enemy's trying to do in your life by bringing a stench, Jesus speaking life, there's a fragrance. Faith has a fragrance. There's a fragrance to faith. Forget Lynx Africa that you always say you put it on. I want to tell you, you've dosed yourself in a bit of faith lately. Give yourself a bit of a spray with faith because there's a fragrance. And it says that the house was filled with the fragrance. See, that's resurrection power. That's the power of resurrection. That he can take us from death to life. You see, and in Romans 8, it says that there's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 8, 11, or Romans 8, 10, if you like. It says, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if this spirit of him... That's the Holy Spirit who raised him from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. See, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came and dwelled within you. And it's the same power. See, I heard someone say the other, the other a, a while ago, say, well, how did Jesus get raised from the dead then? How did that even happen? And no one had an explanation for it. I think it might have even been on the TV, wasn't it? I can't. And they were kind of almost mocking. They were mocking him, saying, well, how did... I want to tell you, it was the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's the same Spirit that lives in you, Pete. It's the same spirit that lives in you, Richie. The same spirit that takes us from death to life. That's resurrection power. That's resurrection power from life 
to death. It's time to loosen up. Loosen up. See, and there's a place where we've been talking about you've been able to grow. We said that we'd mentioned Samson. We'd mentioned Samson. Do I go there? Do I go there? Well, we'll go there. What have we got? We've got a couple of minutes. Turn to Judges 16, please. Go on, we'll go there. Because you're going out with life this morning. You're going out with life this morning. But God, who is rich in mercy, amen? Rich in mercy because of his great love. That's what it says in Ephesians 2. Because of his great love, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, he made us alive to sit together with Christ. Yeah? By grace you have been saved. But sometimes it doesn't feel like it, does it? But last week we, we looked at being loosed and I said about Samson. That's not a phone for some of you that that's Samson, that's very different. Samson. But you do get a strong signal with that one. Samson was an incredible person in the in the Old Testament. But we know for those who know he made a lot of mistakes. He may have been strong physically, but morally and his character was weak. But there's an incredible part of, of, of his life that as I was reading through, kind of realized that on no occasion did Samson pray. On no occasion do you hear saying that he inquired of the Lord. You can tell me I'm wrong. Not until the end of his life. And there's a part in, in Judges 16 where... You can read through Samson this afternoon if you like. There's some incredible things that he did. But we know Delilah turns up. I knew you were going (laughs) to. Delilah happens. Delilah happens. And she wears Samson down. And she keeps on and she keeps on. You see, that's what the enemy will do. He'll keep wearing you down. Little by little. Little by little. Daily. Just a little thing. Doesn't even have to be very big. Until eventually, Samson tells Delilah where his strength comes from. Eventually. And so what does she do? She was singing him a lullaby, probably something by Tom Jones, I imagine, I don't know. But she sung him a lullaby. And she said, I'm going to cut his hair. So he was a Nazarite, which meant that they took a vow to, to be... Um, consecrated to God and one of those things were that he didn't cut his hair but we know that it wasn't his hair that gave him his strength it was his, it was his relationship with God yeah? 
But she says that I'm going to shave his hair off. And the sad verse of verse 20 in Judges it says that when she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson said he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times. And this is what we say a lot of the time, isn't it? I'm going to shake myself free. I'm going to shake myself free. Do you have to see he was saying this with a shaven head? At that time, he didn't know necessarily that his hair had been shaved because he said, I'm going to shake myself free as times before. But he didn't know. It says that the Lord had departed from him. How sad. And it says that the Philistines took him, and that's what they did in those days. They took his eyes out, and they took him down to Gaza, and they bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. So this is a verse that I think is powerful, and this is what I want you to see. It's verse 22. See, up until then, the three stages of Samson's decline is, number one, he was prayerless. I don't see anywhere where he was saying that he inquired a little, prayed to God. He just kind of, again, as expected as before, he didn't know that the power of God had departed. He just assumed. See, when you become prayerless, the second part is you become careless. And eventually, the third part, you become powerless. In that this stage of decline, see, I'm amazed that when we, we talk to people, we actually say, and I'm concerned, when you say, have you prayed about it? And people say, no. <laughs> Isn't it? Pastor, you say, well, have you prayed? And people say, no, I haven't, I haven't prayed about it. And you kind of... It concerns me. It concerns when you think you haven't prayed about it, seeking what God wants. Obviously, we can come alongside and say, well, let's pray about it now. But you can save yourself a lot of distress by having a prayer life that says, hey. See, because if you fall asleep in the lap of Delilah, then don't complain if you wake up in the hands of the Philistines. (laughs) Did you hear that? If you fall asleep in the lap of Delilah, then don't complain if you wake up in the hands of the Philistines. See, my question that I ask myself is how many Samsons are there sleeping in the laps of Delilah in this nation, in this city, that have got great, I know you're not one of them. But sadly, how many Samsons are there? I don't know today, it may be that you're kind of thinking, well, that may be me, I don't know. But however, look at the verse 22. It says, however. Every nudge the person next to you and say, however. 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 Because this is where it shifts. See, it's not over until God says it is. It ain't over until God says that it is. Are you ready for verse 22? I don't know if you're ready for verse 22. Because it says, however. The hair on his head. (laughs) You knew somebody was going to say that, didn't you? However, the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. See, isn't that encouraging? But where did it grow again? It grew again in the prison. 
It grew again in the prison. See, while you're grinding, your hair is growing. While you're in a prison, your hair can grow. Your, your, your faith can be strengthened. Your mind can be renewed. Your focus can shift. And I don't know today whether it's something where you feel like the enemy's just been chipping away, chipping away. Just a, you know, I've got, um, got my shaver here. Joe does my hair. You've got different... Oh, she does your hair as well, doesn't she? And there's bits on here, there's different grades. Different grades. And sometimes it can just feel like it's only a little bit. You know, that one's a grade, grade eight, so it doesn't take much off. You can clip it on, and it can kind of feel like the enemy's just kind of, just, I won't plug it in because it's not long enough, but I'll do, do the noises. But can't that feel like what the enemy's doing sometimes? And you may feel in your life over the last season is that the enemy's just been coming along with a shaver and just, just a little bit, just taking a, just taking a little bit off. But then this is a grade one. And there was a while ago where Joe first started doing my hair that she forgot she had the lower grade on and she was just going for it like this, kind of. That's what she did to your hair, wasn't it, a little bit? But sometimes in life it can feel like there's a short clipper on. And you can be unexpected and just all of a sudden just bang. Just straight across. A bit like when I did Rosie's hair with her ponytail and I kind of... But doesn't that, yeah, don't worry about that. Doesn't that, isn't that what life feels like sometimes? I'm talking about myself. Many times in my life I felt like the enemy's just, he's wearing you down daily, little by little. Mm. And then I can think, yeah, I can pray about it. And then all of a sudden, a week later, and you think, well, nothing's changed, nothing's happened. And before you know it, you think, oh my goodness, I've got a skinhead. <laughs> but spiritually speak, that's not a place that we want to be in. But praise God, it says that his hair began to grow again. And I want to encourage you today that if you feel like the enemy, because I know there are people, some people in here that, that are going to go out, unfortunately, the same way that you came in. But you don't have to be like that. It's for you today to say that the hair on his head began to grow again. That which may be cut or lost or chipped away at can be replenished. See, because you have either two choices, the way I see it. Very simple. In the Bible, it says you either trust in yourself or you trust God. Because if, even if you don't trust God, you're by default trusting yourself. Do you know that? You put in your, your strength and everything within you, within your own strength. Everything, that's what Samson did. He says, I'll shake myself free. So you can't shake yourself free. Lazarus couldn't shake himself free. You can't shake yourself free. But it says, trust in God. Amen. Trust in God. When trusting in God, the two contrast. Jeremiah 17, if you want to have a look. When you trust in God, there's blessing and there's hope. And it says, when you trust in yourself, there's cursing. When you trust in God, it says you're like a tree planted in the river where, where it's life, there's prosperity, there's growth. 
But when you trust in yourself, it's like a shrub, it says, planted in a desert place. There's death, it's parched places, nothing lives. Who would want to trust in themselves? I don't want to trust in myself. I want to trust in God. And then in Judges 16, verse 28, we get to the point where, you see, it's never too late to call upon God. Even if you go out the door the same way you came in today, I want to encourage you to say you can still go home and you can call out on God. That's what Samson did in the end, and it's the only place I can see where he actually called out to the Lord. And this is what he says. He says, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. See, sometimes we've got to stop complaining and start praising Time won't allow for me to, to go into where you think of other places where they were in a prison. I think of Joseph who was put in a prison for a purpose. See, here we've got Samson in a prison. What about Paul? I mentioned this the other Wednesday when we had the, the Eric with the, the worship night. Paul in prison, what does it say he did? It said that he prayed and he was praising. Pray and praise. And what does it say? It says that the wars came down. Can you imagine in there a dark dungeon, a dark place, no light. He was battered and bruised. We sort of seem to forget about that. You know, he wouldn't have been able to even sit comfortably. Can you imagine being beaten by rods, black and blue, and you're chained with a, a, a you know, it's not like the prisons we have today, but he wouldn't chain, he couldn't have been able to move. But you can imagine not even being able to get comfortable. And here they are. Praying and praising. I said, Mike was looking at my neck and he said, oh, you've got about Wendy there. And I said, can you imagine being in a prison with Wendy? And she's there like Paul and Silas singing, my shackles are gone. And we're just thinking, will you just shut up? We're in a prison. So that's, that's a compliment to you. But can you imagine that I, I like to think sometimes Paul and Silas, you know, they're sat there and one of them saying, well, you know, imagine Silas maybe saying to Paul, it was you that delivered the young girl. It's your fault. We're in here. And you're sat here praising. You're mad. This is it. We're in a prison. It's dark. It's a dungeon. This is it. It's the end. We're done for. But Paul says, like, wait, my shackles are gone. Raising a hallelujah. Of saying, suddenly... Suddenly, like Samson, suddenly, like Lazarus, suddenly, they were loosed. The chains were loosed. You see, and what I like about the, the Paul and Silas bit there is that, you know, they were chained, but it says that the jailer got salvation, and not just him, his whole household. See, they may have been chained, but spiritually they were alive. And the jailer was the one who was actually chained spiritually, who needed releasing, didn't he? From spiritual death to life. Let's just let's stand to our feet, please. To know today that you can grow while still in a prison. That there's freedom. That there's a loosing. And that there's two choices that you've got to make. You either trust in yourself or you trust in God so I just want to give you opportunity right now if you can we can just close your eyes please 
is to say, Jesus, I need you. Maybe for someone who's watching online today, you may never have, may never have known Jesus. But Jesus is calling you today. He wants to take you from a place of death to life. That he says, I am the resurrection. Resurrection is who I am. And there are many people, Lord, this morning in here who have testimonies of saying that, Lord, you have done so much in my life. You've taken me from where I was to where I am today. But I want to encourage you that if you're finding yourself in a place where there doesn't seem a way out, I want to tell you it's never too late. Never too late that your hair can grow again, your spiritual life can grow again, even in a prison, even when it looks desperate. So Lord, I pray that, Lord, you will work on those people that need you today, Jesus. That, Lord, let them know that you're for them and not against them. Lord, I declare and speak that that verse from Isaiah where it says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Lord, that's our prayer this morning. Is to know that we are growing. We are growing. And that there's a place where people are being loosed. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord, this morning. We thank you that your word is among us. We thank you that you are working among your people. We thank you, Jesus. Can you say amen to that this morning?